0: I want to speak a message today that I'm not really speaking from, if that makes sense. I'm kind of speaking still amongst it. I'm kind of still grappling with this. God's still speaking to me. It's been, um, it's been a bit of a lockdown message that I think God has been speaking to me since the start of the year. So I hope you're willing to jump in and go on the journey as uh, I share just some of, some of what God has been speaking to me about as well. But um, I want to know, who, who, we, who do we have in the room? And you are a routine person. You love a good routine, you have a morning routine, an afternoon routine, yeah, show of hands, there's quite a few of you. Ever found, have you found yourself during this crazy global season, you know, just things have been changing, your routine has been changing, and it's like, no, it's slipping away. Um, And you know, you talk with people, I've, I've had conversations with people, and it's like, I just can't wait to get back my routine, to get back to the place, you know, where I can do this with my time, like I once did. I want to share this morning, to begin with, a story of one of the routines that I've developed at the start of this year, and it's going to launch us into, uh, into our time together today. I want to share with you a routine, uh, my morning routine, together with my daughter, Leona, and, I, and we're going to walk together uh, through what's been happening on the way to Augustu every day with my daughter, Leona, because she is, she's now two, as I said, and um, her, the institution where she goes to is about 8 to 10 minutes away from where we live. So we kind of go through our neighbourhood, cross the road where the buses go by, wave to everybody on the way, and then through another neighbourhood, and then we get to her institution. So it's, so it's about 8 to 10 minutes, and uh, we're expecting another one on the way in just six weeks. So it's, it's been an opportunity for me to really step up my game uh, in the morning, you know, making that packed lunch, you know, re, you know really setting up Leona, choosing her outfit, you know, I really take pride in sending her in her Hummel tracksuit a, a lot of the times. And all the staff are like, yep, yeah, that was dad's job today. <laughs> and can I tell you that, you know, after a couple of weeks, I just actually started to experience a bit of the daily grind. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? A bit of the daily grind, a bit of the mundane, same old, same old, getting up at the same time. Doing the same things. And I know for some of you, maybe that's what that's what you thrive on, you know, in your routines. You actually thrive on that. But I just found myself just getting a bit miserable. Can I, can I be honest and say that in church? It's got a bit miserable uh, with, this, with this routine. I don't know whether it was lockdown and all that has come with that. Even working from home has been a challenge. Anybody else? Transition to working from home. Ingle didn't hasn't had the best pregnancy, to be honest. And there's been challenges with that, not seeing people in the same way, not being able to relate in terms of building church. You know, we, you know, what we do is relationships, building trust with people, meeting up with people, having coffee with people. Just not being able to do that. And, uh, and so on our journey to, to Vogelstuhl, I would often find myself just, just battling, just battling the daily grind. Just battling the, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. That feeling of familiarity, that, that feeling of, oh, another day. I would try and sing a song some days to Leona, you know, wheels on the bus. Um, we, won't, we won't go there. You, you know it, you know it. I'd try and be a good pastor and pray, you know, and just try and you know, flip the mentality and pray, and often Leona would be like, stop, <laughs> as getting into praying. Um, hilarious. The daily grind. After a couple of weeks, though, as we would cross the road, walk past her favorite park, I started to notice something that I hadn't noticed before. I started to notice at the same point on the journey, something that just stood out to me. And over the course of a few days, I decided to take notice. In fact, it wasn't just something that I saw, it was someone. And in the next neighborhood that we walked through, a couple of houses along before we turned left, I started to notice this front-facing office room. And it had a lamp. It had a dual computer screen. I didn't bring that today, but you can imagine that. And at the same time, every morning, Monday to Friday, I would see a gentleman sitting in his chair with the lamp on, working away. In fact, 8:17 a.m. I was a bit, you know, a little bit OCD there, but I, I would look at my look at my watch. 8:17 in the morning every day, I started to notice this gentleman sitting here. And it might be strange to say this, but I actually started to get inspired by someone that I had no idea who they were, what they did. You know, I started to imagine, is this guy a programmer, you know, for NASA or something, you know, or is he developing, you know, the Corona Pass app that we all love and I'm, you know, flashing right now, or, you know, what, what is he doing? You know, he's you know, sitting here. I started to be yeah, a n- nuclear guy, you know, I don't know. I, s- I started to get inspired, as strange as it sounds, by a gentleman that I never, I've never met, And interestingly, God started to speak to me through this picture. This gentleman in the same place at the same time, he seemed to be so consistent, seemed to be so dependable, seemed to be so on it. And I think it challenged me because it was the very thing that I was struggling to do every day. And it seemed to be so easy. I don't know where you find yourself today. Maybe it's actually just been hard to be here for the 10.30 service and you know, maybe it's your service or maybe you come to different ones I don't know but just showing up today has been a little bit difficult and so my title for the message today is indeed that keep showing up and when we consider this phrase in this picture I wonder what it makes you think of in your life that maybe might be a little challenge right now in terms of showing up. Is it your job and vocation? Are you a parent? And it's, there's challenges showing up in, in the home or in, in, in relationship to your partner, your spouse. Your, is, it, is it challenging to actually be you know, a follower of Jesus in particular areas? What about in you know, your wider extended family as a brother, as a sister, as an aunt, as an uncle? What about your character? Who is it that you want to become? Is it a struggle to show up in terms of who you actually want to be in the future? I'll let you fill in the blank there. Keep showing up. You know, these these morning walks would often result in me being quite reflective and really just talking with God about why why do I find it so hard? Why do we find it so hard in life just to keep going? Battling with the familiar, one of my favorite theologians, G.K. Chesterton, one of his quotes is this. It's big words, but basically our main task in life is to look at things familiar until they become unfamiliar again. And our life consists of so much familiarity. But I love this, the, the, the challenge and the, the exhortation to keep going, to keep looking for the gold, to keep looking for the miracle in the mundane, if you will. You know, those little sparks, those little moments in our everyday life. Because life, it consists of, it consists of ups and downs, valleys and mountaintops, winds and losses, health and sickness. You know, our human nature, we like to cut corners. It's, you know, it's ingrained in us that we want to speed up the process and get to point B quicker than, than, than maybe we should or maybe than we need. I think we also see some scriptures uh, that really reveal this tension as well. Galatians 6.9. Paul talking to the church in Galatia says, Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap a harvest. All that to say, I think we can conclude it's possible to grow weary. It's a pretty logical conclusion to make, you know. It's actually possible. What about this one? Paul talking to Timothy, 1 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 6 verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. He wouldn't say that if there was a fight involved in this life of faith. And I think it's easy to forget that sometimes. The resistance What's happening in the spiritual realm, the spiritual dynamic, not everything we see is just physical. What about, what about you when you consider the tension of just showing up, of being consistent? I think it begs the question for us today, and we're going to dive into the scripture and meet a character that is in a struggle to keep showing up. I think it begs the question, how and why? How and why do we keep going? How and why do we keep showing up, keep being consistent? Despite resistance, despite you know, that, those challenges that we face, how, how is it that we keep going? How is it that we keep believing, keep praying? God, your kingdom come, your will be done. You see, I believe the Bible speaks and encourages endurance in the face of fatigue, perseverance in the face of resistance, faith in response to fear, Hope in the middle of darkness. And so can can we can we go into the scriptures? One one Samuel chapter one is where we're gonna dive in and camp, and we're gonna meet a character by the name of Hannah. Are you still with me? Hope you're with me in Olibor as well. At this time in history, if I can paint a little bit of a picture and we can ground ourselves maybe in what's happening at this time. Israel as a nation, it is completely on its knees. It has hit rock bottom. In fact, just two books before, at the end of the book of Judges, the, the very last verse says this. It says that everybody went their own way and did what they wanted. That's how the book ended. Politically, spiritually, morally, however way you look at it, economically, the nation is at a complete standstill. There is no leadership. And, and what is happening here. Is that we meet this character Hannah, and Hannah is the wife of a man named Elkanah, and uh, and what, what we actually dive into we we dive into a little bit of a domestic family incident. Interestingly, now Elkanah also had another wife, so you know let's we just have to understand this was a thing, you know monogamy wasn't a thing back then. So there's there's two wives, Hannah and a lady called Penina, the husband, Elkanah. There's no children on Hannah's side, she can't have children. But Penina, she has children. And so we see already this picture of what this family is going through right now. In the ancient Near East, interestingly, and very importantly, for a woman to not have children is actually quite disgraceful. And so we meet Hannah at a place where not only is the nation struggle, like on Struggle Street, but also personally. We actually get some insight into how Hannah Is struggling. And so I want us to jump in. We're going to read from 1 Samuel, chapter 1, from 7 to 11, and just get an idea of what's happening. Is that all right? All right, let's have a read together, shall we? Verse 7. It says, This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival, who is the other wife, Penina, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you so downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? Verse 9, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. Verse 10, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. Let's really understand what's happening here. Hannah can't have children Penina, the other wife, the Bible calls her her rival. She has children and basically she is rubbing it in the face of Hannah and has been year after year. It was common practice for a family uh, like this, uh, part of the tribe of Israel, to journey and go to where the presence of the Lord was, to go where the Ark of the Covenant was every year. It was a ritual. It was something that they did every single year. And so Elkanah being the God-fearing man that he was, he took his family and every single year they would do this trip. And every single year, Hannah would get it rubbed in her face. She would be ridiculed. She'd be beaten down. She'd be reminded of the fact that she was barren and that she couldn't have kids. She would be spoken to in in awful ways. And again, remember, you know, this is not all happy families. You know, the, the family dynamic right now and what's happening in the nation, it's a rough time for them. It's a rough time for them. Hannah is experiencing ridicule and slander. What do we also see? We see that... As I said, as a woman, her character, her dream even, her role in the community was to bear children, and she wasn't able to do that. I think we can safely say that you know, that, that, was, that was one of her goals. That, that was in order to be well standing in the community, that, that she would actually continue the family line, and she couldn't do that. Constantly reminded by the other kids, by the other family dynamic that is going on within the home. Her role, her purpose, her dream, it's slipping through her fingers. Year after year, she's been reminded of this. And, and I don't know if you noticed this as well, but Hannah is, there's actually some really emotive words being used in the scripture here to, dis, to, to, to describe where she's actually at. She prays from deep anguish, the scripture says. Some commentators basically allude this to, she was heavily depressed in a season of real depression, having real emotional difficulty. I wonder if in any way, as we've observed the character of Hannah so far, you can relate. Year after year, Hannah is on this journey with her family, going to the temple of the Lord, going into the presence of God, seeing something that she is desperate to have, being in a place, wanting to be in a place where she is not currently in. What what about you today? What if we were to make some application here? Can you identify in any way with what Hannah is experiencing? Maybe... Maybe, maybe the environment that you are in right now, it's actually not healthy. That, that people are slandering you, saying bad things to you. I don't know, that could be in your workplace. It could be within your family. Do you feel discouraged and down, making it difficult for you to just show up every day? Is there no aspiration? You know, you see your dream, you have a very clear view, you have clarity on where it is that you want to be, but you just don't see it happening. You look around and... That's that's not gonna happen. Hopeless. Are you fatigued? Are you weary? Are you tired? Has this I think this season has affected all of us in various ways, but does that does that resonate with you today? In in the fight to keep showing up every single day? What is it that's holding you back? What what is it that is causing a challenge to you? What is it that is proving so difficult? And I think as we look at Hannah's story up until this point, it should beg the question, well, how did Hannah keep going? What what was her response? Like, What what happens next? She's in a place where things look really, really hopeless. What is it that she does next? Maybe you're even asking the same question, why should I keep showing up? Why, Why should I keep showing up? What's the point? And here, let's take a turn in, this, in the story because I'm so grateful today that we serve a God that shows up. I think I need to say that again. We serve a God that shows up. I'm so grateful today, you know, in my life, in the moments where I find it hopeless and I'm not where I want to be and, you know, just familiarity is just having its way with me. And I'm so grateful that God is not distant, that God is not removed, but actually... God shows up and has shown up and proves himself as able to show up. You see Hannah's response in this story I think is so inspiring but it doesn't stop there. We read some passages in the scripture there where Hannah was actually able to get to the house of the Lord and sit and from a, and from those places of deep anguish and distress and depression she was able to call on the name of the Lord. And she was able to put words around, even though she was in such a difficult place, she was able to reach out. And, and I find myself reading the story asking, what do you know about God that I don't? What is, what is it about, about your actions, your ability to keep going, that, that, that it, you know, why am I struggling if you were able to do that? And so right now in the passage, we're going to read a few more, a few more scriptures because we... We're going to see, I really believe God is going to speak loud and clear about his ability to show up in your life and his ability to keep you going and to help you to keep showing up. And so 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 17 to 20. And let's really take everything that we've explored so far into these verses now. Eli the priest, he answers Hannah as she is praying and he says, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Remember, Hannah prayed for a son. She asked, Lord, remember, remember me. Verse 18, she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way. She ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Verse 19, early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. And the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. As much as this story, church, is about Hannah's resilience, Hannah's ability just to keep holding on to God, this story is ultimately about how God shows up. This story is ultimately about God's character. And so I want to explore with you today three Character traits, three ways that I believe God reveals himself to us in this scripture. And I believe that it's going to help us today. It's going to help us go into tomorrow morning. It's going to help us walk into the boardroom. It's going to help us walk into our family and keep showing up in those areas where we're finding it maybe difficult right now, where we really want to continue to be consistent. So you ready for the first one? Awesome. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 10, the Lord reveals himself here as the Lord Almighty. Hannah prays. Praise to the Lord Almighty. Interestingly, in some other biblical translations here, the phrase Lord of hosts is used. Lord of hosts. And as I just studied this a little bit, it just started to blow me away because God is revealing himself here as the Lord Almighty, the Lord, if you will, of the heavenly armies. Check that out for a second. Like right now, what, what, what God is saying is, I think it's awesome how God just blows the boxes of our minds sometimes when we think of him. He's the Lord of the heavenly armies, not, not, not just the earthly armies. He's the Lord of the heavenly armies. He's the commander of cosmic forces. Get a load of that one. That's powerful. He's the head of the divine council. If you didn't know there is one, now you know. He's the head of the divine council, the leader of Israel's army. God here is displaying his ability to be sovereign, his ability to rule and reign and to step into a situation that was hopeless, step into a situation where not a lot was happening, step into a situation. And, church, I'm so encouraged today that in my fight, in our fight to keep showing up, that God responds that God is sovereign, that God has the ability to step into circumstance and to say that is not beyond my power because I am the Lord of the heavenly armies. That is not beyond my ability to act, my, my ability to respond because I am the commander of the cosmic forces. I mean, we're talking Guardian of the Galaxy stuff here. I mean, this is, this is pretty cool. God is the commander of the cosmic force. I don't know. I, I feel someone needs to, needs to hear that today. You feel like God isn't big enough to act in your situation. You feel like God isn't powerful enough. Friend, can I tell you? He is the commander of the heavenly armies. He has power at his disposal that we can't even comprehend. And Hannah calls on the name of the Lord. Hannah calls on the Lord Almighty. You know, this perspective helps me. When I'm walking my dog every day... I, I, I once heard a quote Phil Dooley he, said, he says this quote when I get outside and he was talking about walking his dog so, so when I walk my dog I do this Phil Dooley says when I get outside and look up to the heavens my problems become small in the light of creation we sing a beautiful worship song called Love So Great I don't know if you remember it's been a while since I've sang it but it says you are the Lord Almighty outshining all the stars in glory Your love is like the wildest ocean. Nothing else compares. You know, worship is so vital. It speaks of who God is. And we're reminded today through this passage, through Hannah's story, that he is the Lord Almighty. The second thing that I want to highlight is that he is the Lord who remembers. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19, it says that the Lord remembered her. And you might think, cool, like that's awesome. But we're not just talking about, you know, how we you know, the, the, the things that we do to remind ourselves, you know, I set you know calendar, you know, remind myself it's my daughter's birthday, make sure to get something, you know. This isn't this is not on the on the realm, on the level that God is talking here, that God operates. When when the Lord remembers Hannah, not only does he remember her, scholars say not only does God recall information, but he recalls information in order to act. In order to do something about it. Hannah here is remembered, remembered by God and God acts, God steps into the situation. In her prayer, this is exactly what Hannah asks, to be remembered. And you know, this has challenged me in terms of my prayer life in particular. I don't know about you today, but I found myself thinking recently, why am I not praying for that? Like, why is that prayer or that person still on the shelf accumulating dust? You know, why why have I just forgotten about that? Because God has the ability not only to remember, and not only to know your needs, and you know, we saw some needs and some real needs on the screen, but he, he knows the needs of this room. He knows your personal needs. He knows the deep achings of your heart, your longings, your dreams, your desires. And not only does he have the ability to know them and store them, but to do something about it and to act. In the fight to keep showing up, remember this. He's the Lord who hears and remembers. He isn't distant or removed, but he is close and he is personal. James chapter 5 verse 16, it tells us that the prayer of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. Can I encourage you today, church? Can you keep showing up in prayer? Can you keep showing up in the way of calling on the name of the Lord? That he is the Lord Almighty and that he remembers. And finally, the third attribute that I believe we really see in this passage, this story of Hannah in the scripture. He is the Lord who is moved with compassion. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20, it says this, So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son, to a son Samuel, which means because I asked the Lord for him. When we look at the life of Jesus in the New Testament, in the beginning, beginning chapters of Mark, we see that Jesus' ministry was one of compassion. And again, in my preparation for this, I think I've struggled to wrap my head around exactly what, what that means. You know? and, and so I, I was just reading a little bit about compassion. Can I, can I share that a little bit with you? One scholar puts it like this in terms of God's compassion. Our compassionate God, he puts a light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how dark and terrifying that tunnel is. That's, that's, our, that's our God. That's our compassionate God. No matter what situation, no matter what season, Hannah found herself in a dark tunnel. In her own strength, she was unable to conceive. She was barren. But God, in all of his compassion and mercy and grace, he puts a light at the end of our tunnel. In our fight to keep showing up every single day, we can be rest assured, church, that God is a God who turns the lamp on and says, hey, keep going. This season isn't permanent. I'm, I'm a God of hope. I'm a God of compassion. I'm a God who can change your circumstance. Keep holding on to me. He puts a light at the end of the tunnel. That gets me every time. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of what? the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we could comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we receives. We receive from God in the fight to keep showing up church. Remember this, that the season is not permanent, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Even when you're finding it difficult to keep showing up right now, just know that you can keep going because of who God is. And it's my prayer today with this message that we get a revelation. We get a revelation of God's character that through the Holy Spirit that He can reveal Himself to you today and it can be fuel for you in the engine to show up tomorrow. To know that He is the Lord Almighty. To know that He's the God who remembers and hears and acts. He's the Lord of compassion. And you know, my prayer for us as a church and even for us personally is that we, we would actually be unshakable. We would be people like my friend, who I'm still yet to meet, but maybe I'll just knock on his door one day and say, Hey, I've just spoken to you to a couple of hundred people. Um, thanks. Thanks for your example. My prayer is that we would be unshakable. That no matter what the enemy tries to do, no matter what happens in the world, that in the fight to get in our chair, whatever that is for you today, whatever that is, that we would be found at our post in faithfulness, in loyalty, in allegiance, in love. And that as we continue to show up, we would be amazed. I'm believing it. I'm expecting that we will be amazed at God's ability to show up. You see, in Hebrews chapter 12, I believe it really culminates and helps us understand the reality that Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, you see, for the joy set before him, he endured He kept showing up. He didn't let anything knock him off course. Why? He scorned its shame and it was because of the joy set before him. It was for you and me in order to see God's kingdom infiltrate the earth, in order to see right relationship restored between the Father and you and me today. Jesus kept the path. Jesus stayed faithful. Jesus endured. Jesus persevered. He stayed resilient and then sat down at the right hand of the Father. The writer of Hebrews tells us, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. war, consider him today, wherever you're at in your season. Consider him so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I wonder, church, just in the few minutes we have remaining, I wonder who could be on the end of you showing up You see, the the reality of this story in the chapters preceding is that not only did Hannah have a son, but we see a couple of verses later in chapter 2, verse 21, that the Lord was indeed gracious to Hannah and didn't give her one, didn't give her two, but gave her five more children. God blessed her beyond her wildest dreams. She prayed for one son and she ended up having six. Not only that, Samuel, her son, God used Samuel as a priest and a prophet in order to bring leadership to Israel, a nation, as we discovered, was at rock bottom. We learn from this story that God used Hannah and her faithfulness and loyalty and showed up in her circumstance and actually turned a nation around because of her faithfulness and because of her ability to keep showing up. Not only that, not only did Samuel appoint Saul, but Samuel was actually the priest and prophet who anointed David. And we know that from the line of King David came Jesus. I wonder who's on the end of you, you showing up tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and next month and next year. What about for us as a church? We, you know, we, we sit in a nation and it, a privilege to live in a nation where there is, a, there is hundreds of years of church history. And you know, it saddens me when I walk downtown and see Dom Kirke in Aarhus. And there's not a lot happening, to be honest. They have this epic organ that they've refurbished and spent millions of kroner on. But there's not a lot going on. The doors are more closed than open. And and I wonder for us as a church, together with other great churches, what would it actually look like to make an impact in this nation? I believe it would cause us to keep showing up in the next five years, the next 10 years. Hey, we're only eight and a half years old. I actually think we need to be around for 50 years. What about 75 years? Are you up for that? Are you committed for that? Are you ready to to, to sign up and and, and let the cause of Christ drive you to keep showing up every single day because of who He is and what He did for us as the church, as the body of Christ? And so can we stand together today? I want to give every single person the opportunity to acknowledge that Christ indeed showed up for you. Romans chapter 5 actually tells us that it was just at the right time when we were still sinners. That, that, the Lord, that, that our Father sent Jesus and He showed up and He paid the, the paid the price for our sins. It wasn't to do with anything that we've done. The grace and the freedom that we've received is all because of Jesus. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I hope that God has indeed spoken loud and clear to you today about who He is. And But I really want to give everyone an opportunity in this space. You acknowledge that maybe it's As I've been talking, you just recognize the daily grind and you're just at the end of your rope. You're you're at the end of yourself, whatever it is, whatever circumstance, whatever role, you just recognize, man, I've got nothing more to give. And I wonder if you would acknowledge and consider him who endured such opposition, didn't let anything hold him back from going to the cross, to lay down his life, so that we could know freedom. Galatians chapter 5 says it is for freedom that Christ set us free. And So every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment of privacy for you. And same in Olibor as well. This is absolutely, we're including you in this as well. Do you recognize today your need for Jesus? Recognize him as Lord and Savior and the person who is going to show up in order to help you keep showing up. On the count of three, I want to give you the opportunity to respond and we're going to pray together as a family. And you're here today and you're saying, Jesus, I need you. I can't keep showing up without you. I can't keep doing this on my own. Come and live in me by your spirit and help me to keep showing up. So on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three all across this place and in Albor as well. You recognize your need for Jesus today. Just a few more seconds. Fantastic. Great. What we're going to do now, church, is we're going to we're going to take these next few seconds we're going to pray as a family. And if you've made that decision by showing a hand or by making that decision in your heart, you're saying yes to Jesus today. We're praying with you but I especially want you to own this prayer because from this moment on everything changes. And so can we do that as a family? Can we do that church? Let's say together, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your son Jesus who died on, died on the cross to forgive my sin. To forgive my sin. Today, I you Today I choose you as Lord and Saviour. Help me, to keep up Help me to keep showing up because you showed up for me. You up for me. In Jesus' name, Jesus. amen. amen.